Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church Online. My name is Andrew and I'm the lead pastor and we are so glad you could join us today and especially today because today is our Radiant Church launch day. That's right. We're officially launched. Our first public worship service is being held on this day, Sunday, September 20th. Now the reason you're watching and listening is because you just weren't able to be with us on that day for a number of different reasons, but hey, no worries. We're glad you joined us right here online and I want you to know that if you're ever in the Seneca Clemson area of South Carolina, there's an open invitation for you to physically join us Sundays at 10 a.m. So if you're here for a game, stay over. We're a few miles from Clemson University. Uh, Do something else if you don't mind. Okay, Uh, if you're watching one of our social sites, open a tab, go to RadiantChurchSC.com, and there I want you to click I'm New. This is the first time you've ever watched or listened to us. We want you to fill the short connect card out online, and this is a way of saying thanks. We're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits listed on that form. So do that for us, okay? All right, who's tired of of all the negative news. Yeah, me too. Election years, man, they're full of all kinds of negative news that can last you enough for four more years. But fill in everything else happening in our world right now. And, and yeah, negativity is everywhere. The nation is divided. There's wildfires and hurricanes raging. The economy can kind of struggle a little bit there. Uh, it's enough negativity to suck the life right out of you, isn't it? I actually stopped, believe it or not, you know, watching the network news. I, I mean, I stay informed, but I just stopped watching everything everything because, you know, I, I just can't take it. Fox, CNN, NBC, it doesn't matter. It's all negative. It's all, you know, not encouraging. Um, it's all, you know, spinning one side over the other. And it's just so easy to get sucked into the negativity and the fear and the anxiety that overwhelms so many people if you watch too much of that stuff. And I just said, you know what? I'm out. Like, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I've got two young kids. Uh, the oldest is four. The youngest is one. Uh, I've sort of, you know, wondered what my oldest one's going to say to his kids when he gets older about this time period, you know? Like, you know, maybe his kids want to go somewhere and he, he tells them, hey, you know, we can't do that today. And all they do when kids are the way the word no is, of course, you know, whine, right? Oh, why not? Uh, and he, he's got a legit, like, when I was your age kind of story. So maybe he tells his kid, uh, when I was your age, they locked us in the house for months and told us, if you go outside, you're going to die, right? And he's actually kind of true. That's sort of what the Rona was like for a lot of us here this year. There's a lot of negativity out there. And I just want to talk to you for the next several weeks about how you can stay positive in a negative world because a negative outlook can never lead to a positive life. God is still God, right? He's still on the throne. He's still got this. There's more than enough reason for you to be positive. But how do you do that in a year that's been as bitter and crazy and negative as this one has. Well, for starters, let me just tell you what being positive and optimistic, as we might say as well, it, it is not, okay? It's not denying reality. I tell folks that I'm an optimistic realist. So that sounds kind of like a duality a little bit there, but the reason I say that is because, you know, I'm very much a realist. I, I, I just have a hopeful and positive outlook on reality. I don't deny it. 
We can't put our heads in the sand and pretend what's happening around us isn't actually happening. You can't, you can't do it. That's not very healthy to do, right? But I'm optimistic about our reality. See, being optimistic doesn't mean you know, that you don't have blind faith either. So it's not being naive and having wishful thinking as if everything's going to work out, even if you don't do anything. What staying positive is all about is being confident about the future, being confident something good is coming. As someone who has faith in God, I can stay positive in, in, in seasons like this because I know something good isn't just coming. I believe that God is working for the future good in every situation for those who love Him. That's exactly, by the way, what a man named Paul wrote in Romans 8, 28. Now, I'm going to come back to Paul here in a little bit, fill you in on who he is and why he's writing this letter to the people in Rome in a moment, because that way we can all kind of be on the same page. But right now, I want you to listen to what Paul says. Check this out, Romans 8, 28. He says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So what's everything there? Well, everything is, is different for each person. So maybe it's the impossible boss you have at work, right? Or the financial setback you've encountered and all that's happened this year. It could be your in-laws, but I wouldn't recommend telling them that God's working through them for your good. They may not take that the right way. Love your in-laws. I was privileged to have an amazing mother-in-law. I've got a fantastic father-in-law. Uh, it could be the new e-learning, by the way that you're walking your kids through or a painful end to a relationship. I don't really know what the everything is for you, all right? But here's what I do know. There is some kind of challenge, an obstacle, an overwhelming force that you might be dealing with, and you're not sure how to overcome that. That is your everything right there. So I got to be really clear about something else, too, before we move on here today. It would be tempting to leave you with this idea that God works everything out for the good for every single person. And that's often how Romans 8, 28 is taught and quoted, but that's actually not true. This isn't a promise for just anyone and everyone. Notice that Paul says it works out for the good for those who love God, okay, and are called to his purpose for them. So in other words, if you're a follower of Christ, this is in fact a promise for you. But if you haven't chosen to follow Jesus yet, it actually doesn't apply to you. Not yet, though. That can change later today. But if you choose to follow Jesus, if you've already chosen to follow him, then you should have this unwavering expectation that God is working every situation out for your future good. It should make you optimistic, right? It should make you, you know, hopeful. Uh, but are you feeling that today? Or are you negative and fearful? Let me ask you a question. How do you see your future? This is important because if you're consumed with negativity and fear and worry and anxiety, that's all really bad news and it will cripple you. You say, well, why is that? Because what consumes your mind tends to control your life. So whatever you think about, it tends to control your life. Think about it like this. The life you have is generally a reflection of the thoughts you think. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Proverbs 23, 7 tells us this. As a man thinks, so he becomes. So your, your life is usually moving in the direction of your thoughts. So if you think negatively, if you think about the world's always in trouble, that you can't trust anybody, that you hate your situation, you're probably not going to be getting to the end of the day saying, ah, oh, it was the best day ever, you know? You're probably going to have, you know, had a bad day on repeat on your Spotify because that's what consumes your thoughts and your life and the quality of your life, it'll always, guess what, exceed the quality of your thoughts. So what do you do about that? What do you think about? 
That, that's really the big question, right? What do you think about? Those who have a consistently negative attitude, of course, they're pessimists. And, and experts tell us this, the pessimists tend to have both a personal and permanent negative outlook. It's personal as in like people saying, well, I'm the problem and it's my fault and I'm no good and nothing goes my way and I never get the breaks, that kind of thing. And it's permanent because they adopt this mindset that says, well, we can't, we can't fix it. It's always going to be this way. It won't change. So what we hear from a lot of pessimists today are things like this. The economy's bad. I'll never get the job I wanted. Corona ruined my chances. I'm in the predicament I'm in because of that stupid virus. Or we'll never be safe again. We'll always have to wear a mask. Like What we have to recognize, guys, is that being content and being satisfied, staying positive, it isn't a state of affairs happening around us. It's actually a state of mind. So what controls your mind actually controls your life. So what are you thinking about here today, man? What, what consumes your thoughts? Are you drifting towards God and faith and optimism? about God's power and his goodness? Or are you drifting towards the negative? Always concerned, always worried, always fearful. The whole world's falling apart, right? I want to encourage you to feed your faith and starve your fears. Now, why is that? Because whatever you feed will grow and whatever you starve, man, will die. I want you to starve the wrong voices that rob you of the joy you've got. I want you to feed the things that'll help you grow in your faith. So for me personally, it means I don't watch network news 24-7. I just can't do that. I stay on point. I read, I listen to different sources, but I'm not going to be glued to it. I'm not, I'm going to limit my exposure to people who are all doom and gloom. The people who are crying out, the world's falling apart. I'm going to limit my exposure to them. I'm friends with them, but I'm not going to give them a lot of my time because that mess will affect me, right? I'm distancing myself uh, from those guys. I'm starving my fears, and instead, I'm feeding my faith. So I'm going to pray more. I'm going to expose myself to people who are encouraging and positive and pursuing God more. And I'm also going to be intentional about spending time in God's Word. Now, last one's really important. It's pretty big. Everything I need to know about God is found in the Bible. So, you know, knowing the Bible is a huge part of feeding your faith. Romans 8:28. It's that one verse we've been talking about here today. It's very rich and impactful for such a small verse. And what I want to do when I have a verse like that is I want to know who wrote it. I want to know why they wrote it, what's happening in their world, because, you know, that's how you take scripture and you get a good understanding on how to apply it to your life the correct way. And if I can apply a scripture like Romans 8, 28, the right way, it'll help me stay positive in a crazy negative world. So the guy named Paul, he wrote it. Okay. Paul lived in the first century. He's one of the most brilliant men to ever walk the planet. We're celebrating our first service as a church today on the 20th of September, right? Radius what we call our, our, our church plant. Well, Paul planted new churches all around the Roman Empire, um, and, and he was wanting to go to a place he hadn't set foot yet called Spain. And part of why he's writing to the Roman Christians is he wants them to know, I'm coming through town. I want to start churches in Spain. Will you guys help me? That's really what he's trying to, to, to get out here. Now, he's got a lot to say. We know that because Romans is not a short letter, okay? Just before Romans 8 in chapter 7, we discover Paul is a complete mess. If you ever felt like you couldn't be spiritual enough or measure up enough, man, this is a great piece of scripture for you just to read because, you know, Paul, who is this big spiritual giant, okay, he's openly confessing his struggles and he kind of goes on a rant saying stuff like, you know, I don't understand myself. I do the things I, I don't want to do, right? I, I don't do the things I really 
need to do. You ever been there before and <laughs> struggling with that sort of thing? Yeah, all of us have. And so he's this total mess in Romans 7. And he starts off on Romans 8 with a really great, powerful truth that if you can grasp it today, it'll change your life. Paul says in Romans 8, 1, he goes, hey, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you wanted a chance to start over, if you wanted to experience what life was like, not to have folks judge you for every little thing you said or did, uh, the reality, man, exists for you. And, and that exists in Christ because in him, there's no judgment for your sin or your mess or your problems. We all have them. He's not there to condemn you. Don't beat yourself up over it. You don't have to live a life of tension and struggle because God is not ready to strike you dead with lightning for one wrong thing you did. And that's because, as an old song says, Jesus really did. He paid it all, man. He's forgiven you. And so Paul makes this statement and then he runs and, and turns towards this, this having this, this right mindset. He wants to turn attention to getting a right mindset. So Paul's getting the right mindset here in place. Look at Romans 8, 18. He says, hey, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory God will reveal to us later. It's the right mindset you need to have. Our bad days are never as bad as we think they are. I mean, Paul wrote this, right? So Paul, who was five times given 40 lashes with Roman whips, who was beaten three times with rods and sticks, who was stoned and had a rock thrown at him and left for dead, who was placed in stocks and prison multiple times, who was shipwrecked and betrayed and the victim of injustices. He says, our current suffering is nothing. Man, that guy suffered. He had bad days. No one would blame him for having a negative mindset. He'd been through it all. And yet Paul says, our suffering is nothing compared to what God is going to do in us later. Whew, that right there. That's what you need to feed your faith on, buddy. Some of you, you're, you're suffering. You're suffering hardships. You're dealing with big challenges. You're struggling with tensions, right? And the one thing you really can't do that you struggle to do is to stay positive. I know, I got it. To say, to say like, yo, God's got this, right? To have someone text you and say, oh, he'll take care of it and take care of your situation. And you're like, you're just, like, just kind of like, yeah, I know, I get it, but I don't feel it and I don't see it. Hey, starve your fears and feed your faith. Starve your fears and feed your faith. When Paul says what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory God will reveal to us later. He's saying in the struggle you face today, God is producing the strength you will need for tomorrow. It's not even worth comparing. This temporary struggle isn't even worth comparing to the future blessing and work that God will do in you and reveal in your life. Can I tell you there exists a loving God who wants to work in your every situation for your future good. And we can keep going in verse 26. Paul says that God's spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Now, now let me stop right there for a moment because you need to hear that today. I, I need you to hear that today, okay? That's good news, man. If I'm feeling incapable, if I'm unsure all the time, if I'm weak right now, if I'm second guessing everything, what do I do? And Paul says, hey, don't worry about doing anything. God's spirit will take care of all of that. The Holy Spirit, he'll take care of all that for you. In fact, he says in our weaknesses, when we don't even know what to pray for, even how to pray, God's spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed into words. Now, that's not like little groanings, kind of like, ah, it's not that kind of thing. What Paul's getting at is that the Holy Spirit, you know, he, he, he prays for us in those moments of weakness with such conviction and feeling we can't express it into words. 
We don't have vocabulary for that, for how powerful those prayers are. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling like you can't take it anymore, God will help you. That famous saying that God helps those who help themselves, dude, that's garbage. The Bible doesn't say that at all. Paul's telling us right here, God helps those who need it. And if you're feeling weak, God helps you by bringing strength. And if you feel broken, God helps you by making you whole. And if you feel hurt, God brings comfort. If you're confused, God brings guidance. If you feel discouraged, God helps bringing you hope. He feed your faith today, guys. Feed your faith and starve your fears. It's this line of thinking which leads us to Romans 8, 28. Where Paul says, God causes everything, every single thing, to work for the good for those who love Him. The very things that you think will take you out, the failures you may experience, the things you never wanted, God can work it out for your good. Some of you, you're here right now today because you watched this online, right? And that's not part of your original plan at Radiant, right? We we were never going to get online. We were never going to put stuff online. That would never happen had it not been for the pandemic that occurred. I was talking to Shannon not long ago, and uh, we were both sort of kind of wide-eyed at all that has happened because God caused uh, some, some, some bad things and bad breaks to work out for the good for Radiant Church and our lives in this crazy year of 2020 that would never have happened otherwise. You know, it was tempting to view our present suffering in a negative light. And people are going to come alongside you and say, hey, it's time you feel happy, right? You want fulfillment. Just lower those expectations you got. Just change stuff, man. Like, it's okay. Lower your standards, all right? It's no big deal. If you expect the worst, you won't be crushed when the worst actually comes. Listen to me carefully here today. Don't ever lower your expectations. As a Christ follower, don't lower your standards and expectations. Raise them, man. Raise the expectations to meet the goodness and faithfulness and power of God. So many people are saying stuff like, hey, I just want to get back to normal, you know? And they're discouraged and frustrated that it's taking longer than they would like to. But can I tell you that normal is a low expectation. It's a low view of what God can and what God will do moving forward. I don't know about you, but I got a lot more faith than just to go back to normal. I got faith in God that we can move forward into something bigger and greater than going backwards to what we thought would be normal. I may not like what I'm going through, uh, but I'm going to stay positive. I believe that God can do something in me. I believe God can produce something in me. And out of this present pain and struggle, he will work in absolutely everything to bring about the good. I believe by faith. But God can do more than I could ever think or ask or imagine. I'm praying on the other side of this, that marriages will be stronger, that families will be closer, that love will grow deeper, that unity will be a reality, that everyone who follows Christ will shine brighter in a world that needs Him. And those who haven't said yes to Jesus yet will find their way back home to Him. See, I'm staying positive. Is I believe in a loving God, working for the good for those who love Him. But check out how Paul ends this chapter in Romans. It gives me even more reason to, to stay positive with what lies ahead. Romans 8, 38, verse 39, he says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither life nor death, nor angels or demons, neither the fears for today, or check this out, the worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell, can separate us from God's love. No 
power in the sky above, no power in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter where I go, God is there. No matter what I do, God loves me. No matter what happens to me, God cares for me. That's why I can stay positive. That's why I can have this expectation that a loving God is working in my every situation for my future good. Enough of the bad news, bro. The world's got a lot of issues. We know that. Problems are in our society. I got that too. We all know it. But there's a bigger God and a stronger God and a more loving God through whom anything is possible. And so rather than be consumed by fear and worry, I choose to believe that our present struggles are not worth comparing to what God will do in and through us. Whenever I'm discouraged, whenever I'm weak, I'm going to starve my fears and feed my faith. I'm going to believe nothing can separate me from God's love and that he's working everything out for my good. Now, I said earlier today that the promise that God makes in Romans 8, 28, it's available for everybody, but it's not applicable to everybody. Paul makes it pretty clear that God works for the good for those who love him. And and it brings me to an important question I want to ask some of you guys today. Does God know you? Do you know God? Does God really know you here today. See, this is the open invitation. God's got an open invitation for every single person to be part of his kingdom. It's a standing open invite that he wants you to be in his kingdom and to know you on a relational level, not as an acquaintance, not as an acknowledgement that he exists and you exist. He wants a real relationship with you. All you have to do is say yes. And when you say yes, you're not inviting God to be part of your life. You're actually accepting God's invitation to be in His kingdom, to be part of His life. You become part of His world. And all the promises God has and all the good God wants to do in and through you become possible when you accept that invite and you become part of God's world and God's kingdom. And for some of you today, man, like you're ready for that next step, right? Like you're ready to accept that invitation. And in a moment, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lead you to prayer and pray for you. And you don't have to pray it out loud. You don't have to repeat after me, but I want you to say it in your own words, okay? Others of you, you're in the room here today, and you're followers of Christ. You're watching online today, and you're followers of Christ, but you've really turned kind of negative, right? Your mindset isn't isn't staying positive on the things of God. You've bought into this negative stuff, hook, line, and sinker. And the truth is, you're afraid, and you're worried. You're afraid of the economy. You're worried about the virus. You're afraid of who's going to get elected in November. Like you're feeding your fear, and you're starving your faith. And we need to reverse that trend. We need you to get back to starving your fears and feeding your faith today. So I want to pray for you that that's going to happen in your life. That you'll feed your faith, you'll starve your fears, and embrace a positive mindset. That a loving God, remember, is working everything out for your good. So Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts and our lives. I thank you, God, for your goodness and your grace and your majesty. I thank you, God, that I can trust in you. Lord, I pray for those who uh, don't know you today that have realized, hey, I, I, I want to accept this invite and be part of God's kingdom. I want God working out for my good in my life here today. Lord, for those people, in fact, right now that's you, I just want you to do this where you're at. I just want you to begin to say, hey, Jesus, I need you in my life. Just begin to tell God that you need him. Just begin to ask God to come into your life. Say, hey, Lord, come, come, be, come be a part of my life. God, take the sin from me. Take the, take, the, take the wrong from me. I want to accept your invitation to be part of your kingdom, to be part of your world. God, to be in your life. And then, God, I want you to lead me and guide me. I want you to take my life, God, and lead me on the path you've laid out for me. 
See, that's called making Jesus your Lord and your Savior right there. He's your Savior because He saves you. He's your Lord because He leads and guides you. And so right now, Lord, if that's, if that's those folks right there praying for you to come in and, and, and clean house, to take away the wrongs, to, to bring forgiveness, God, and then also to lead them and to guide them. But Lord, for those prayers right now, I, I thank you for those guys who are praying and accepting that invitation to be part of your kingdom, God. But I pray, Lord, too, that today would just be the beginning of their journey. And they wouldn't end right here. But God, they would start this great lifelong journey serving you. Lord, may you begin today to work out the things in their lives, Lord, for the good, Father. As Paul promised in Romans 8, 28. And then for those believers, Lord, who are out there and they're, they're just struggling with being negative right now, God, I pray that they'd remain positive. That God, they would be reminded, I gotta, I gotta feed my faith and starve my fear. May they drown out the voices of fear. God, may they drown out the voices and influences of anxiety and negativity and worry. May they expose themselves more to your word, the time of prayer, to people who are encouraging and uplifting and pursuing you, God. Lord, may they understand that even though our situations may not be great and, and and it seems like we're struggling and there's all kinds of terrible things happening around us, Lord. Even if that's happening in our lives right now, you are working out everything for our good if we love you. That promise doesn't change. That promise remains the same. And so, Father, I pray right now for those believers that they would latch on to Romans 8, 28 with all they've got. And Lord, you are working out everything for their good. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, if you chose to accept God's invitation here today, then congratulations, all right? Your journey is just beginning. And I want you right now to do something for us. Contact us. Let us know that you made that decision, okay? You can do that by sending us a message on Facebook or visiting RadiantChurchSC.com and contacting us right there. We want to celebrate with you, okay? We also want to help you with what those next steps are your life. Now, Radiant Church, we are officially open at our physical location in Seneca, South Carolina, four miles, by the way, from Clemson University, for all you Clemson folks who are watching. We want to invite you to be part of our Sunday experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. If you're not local, we hope that one day you'll make the trip and, and be a part of our service one day. But, but before you, you, you come, whether you're local or not, go to RadiantChurchSC.com, click plan a visit so that we're ready for you, okay? Now, if you're not local, let me talk to you for just exclusively for a moment, but you want to be part of Radiant Church. I got great news for you. You can. Contact us. Let us know how you can be a part of Radiant and how you can reach your community where you live. And here's the other thing, too. We'll even help you find a local church that you can be a part of as well if you choose to do that, no matter where you're watching from. You can be a part of supporting Radiant Church through prayer. You can also do it through your generosity. At RadiantChurchSC.com, there's a giving tab. Just click and you'll be set to go from that point on. If you're praying for us and with us, hey, contact us too. Let us know. We obviously appreciate that. We want to celebrate and thank you for praying as well. Coming up on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel at 11 a.m., we have our Radiant Kids Preschool lesson and then the Radiant Kids Elementary lesson follows at 11.30 a.m. You can also head to our Radiant Kids page, okay, on our website. Go there and check it out. Participate in the online experience that you have with your family there as well. And then finally... If this message impacted you, hey, don't keep it to yourself, right? Let people know. Share this teaching on your socials. Tag your friends. Pray with us that God will impact them too. Hey, have an amazing week, all right? And hey, our physical location, we're open, buddy. We hope to see you on a Sunday sometime, Sunday at 10 a.m. Have an amazing rest of your week. We'll catch you later on. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com 
or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.